<laughs> horse testicles. Oh, it was such an abrupt, and I was like, ah. And the news itself was so dumb. Horse. Te- I mean, it's weird. Gaming culture. It's a gamer. Da-da. We're here. It's a gamer. Da-da. That's it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer. I'm your host, T-Man, and I'm here with... Harvey Z, in the place to be. And we're live and making someone a gamer, I guess. Make me a gamer? Wait, is the name of the show Make Me a Gamer? Yes. Okay, yeah. We've been recording plenty of episodes up to this point. You don't know what the name of the show is? Again, some it's... Because are the viewers also me, or are the viewers you telling me to become a gamer? I don't know. The viewers are in your mind. Also, they're not viewing. They're listening. The listener. Oh, yeah, I guess that works. The listeners. Hey, listeners. Yeah, there you go. I see you now. Although, I don't hear or see you, actually. I know of you. I know Kung Fu. Okay. Um, So, this week, I know Harvey Z hates it when I do behind-the-scenes stuff. But this... We're calling this a... uh, I'm going to term this no. a, a bank episode. No, don't tell them the secrets. We're telling them the secrets. We are being upfront. Um, we're recording this just as kind of a uh, a backup episode because Harvey Z's corporate lifestyle has him jet setting and he's sometimes... Oh, he out, no, no, we're number crunching. We're, we're going into... I'm trying to I'm trying to say like you're you're traveling and you're going no all over no the world. it's it's longer longer hours depressing holes we need escapism and fantasy okay. that's why all right whoa I slipped into an accent <laughs> Javi Z distinguished man of the people okay uh, anyway the point is there might be some weekends that or weeks where Harvey Z is going to be unavailable true, so we're true. throwing this on the back burner we don't know when. Uh, Again, air. showing them the like how the sausage is made yeah some people like to see that i'm just anyway the point anyway, is like <laughs> not even gonna touch that one yeah we're not gonna <laughs> go there uh so this episode is kind of be a little more free form uh cool. we don't have any specific news to get into i've got a couple of topics to start us off and no knowing harvey he'll take us on a long ride through something or other no i i'm a professional I stick to what I need to stick to. So you heard that. So by the end of this episode, I want you, the viewer slash listener, to count up the number of times Harvey Z went somewhere he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, actually, let me know. I'm curious because I don't think I'm that bad. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to start off. Where do I want to start with? Uh, So I have a question for you, Harvey Z. Yo, shoot. Did you ever play games like SimCity or The Sims or a tycoon like Zoo Tycoon or Roller Coaster Tycoon? Let me think Any about of those that. like kind of Yeah. Um so I remember as a kid, somebody SimCity or was there a name attached Sid Meier? No, not Sid, Sid. Meier's Civilization. No. Did somebody like make the SimCity franchise or was there a guy like a name with it or is it just called SimCity? I think games? it's just called SimCity. Because I didn't play the early SimCities. I remember, like, maybe SimCity 2000 was too far ahead. I don't know when it came out. If It seems like it maybe came out earlier. But, like, I remember being a kid. Like, definitely, like, 10 to 15-ish years old. Somewhere in that five-year range. Tried the game. Looked at it. Tried to design a city. Got super bored with it. Said, no thanks. I was not, as a kid, focused enough to figure out how to build a city. Couldn't really figure it. Like, plumbing, water situations. F that. 
what I did enjoy was in that game, you could create like natural disasters or UFO attacks. I would do that, <laughs> but I couldn't build a good enough city. It would be like a neighborhood and I'd just smash it with a meteor. Not really. The thing that drew me in, I think, was The Sims. The first Sims I started to play. That one I got in. That's a completely different feel of games though than what city building games are well it's very interesting that you led with that because that kind of went into already what i was going to talk ask about you're welcome so i was on topic (sighs) even more so futurely on topic okay whatever (laughs) um because i was listening to another podcast oh my god i'm referencing another podcast i'm sorry like it's meta and Anyway, uh, it's a podcast called What a Time to Be Alive. It's by three comedians. They're very funny. And the point of the podcast is they summarize weekly events, like funny weekly events. And it's sort of co- like our show. But it's just random shit not that gaming. happens. Okay. It's not any- related to anything. And so on one of the pod- older podcasts I was listening to, they referenced Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah. And this thing called Mr. Bones Wild Ride. <laughs> i'm sorry I, i'm a child at heart uh, i laughed i mean yeah we should all be adults here we are all adults but mr bones wild ride nice <laughs> and it's this roller coaster that was made in Ty- in roller coaster tycoon 2 i believe and it's something like out of game like in real life one trip around the entire roller coaster takes an hour in real life in real life and in game the people that are on the roller coaster for one ride are on it for like four days or something stupid like, like in that. The game. Yeah. yeah, like in the game. Oh, because in Roller Coaster Tycoon, it had a mode where you could sit and be in the. Is that like how does it take a day? I mean, it's just the park opens and closes and oh. opens and closes, and so people get on this ride and, and then the are just on it for four days from start to finish. And then what the exit of the ride loops right back around to the beginning and there isn't another way to get off it. So you're just the people are it's eternally stuck yeah. on, on this ride. <laughs> and I, so I, I listened to that and I laughed really hard because um, apparently also in that game, you can give away free pretzels that are really salty, but then charge like 10 bucks for drinks. So everyone, it's a tycoon. Yeah. Makes sense. Everyone will like take the free pretzels and then like run to the soda stands and pay whatever there is because Uh they're unhappy. And so I was thinking about it, like what makes us as gamers or like people playing these types of games. So interested in torturing the npcs i mean like you just you just said your part of the fun of sim city was like using the, the natural disasters it. or like and you, you didn't know, like get into it, it but why did i like the sims who here hasn't tortured and killed a sim before right exactly the the famous you know removing the ladder from the pool and yep. then they just wander around helpless removing all the doors from the house and now they're trapped in there exactly yep. Yep. How many ways start cooking stuff in the oven over and over to set fires? Apparently in the new, more modern versions, there's like, they fleshed it out. They know their audience. They have like 10 to 17 different ways you could kill a Sim. <laughs> like that to me was like, oh, maybe I want to play Sim 4 or Sim 5 now. Like I watched people play the game and inevitably everybody who's new to the game in those like YouTube videos and stuff at some point goes, wait, can we kill the Sims? And then the host or so goes, yeah, you could. And then they spend the next part of the game just figuring out how to do it because it is kind of amusing and hilarious. Assuming, rule number one, you didn't make yourself as the Sim. 
It's always not your sim. It's the other people's sims you kill. Right. Invite over the neighbors and then lock them in your house. I... Um, okay. I like The Sims. It was a good game. Again, my Sim City style. Meteors, aliens, and like floods and stuff. Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, this is a, a weird admission, but I've never played The Sims. Really? I've only heard about it and watched other people play it. I've never actually owned it Sims, or played like, it to myself. I used to, that was one of the games where I was like, had a moral conflict of, do I play The Sims the right way? But everybody knows the real way you play The Sims, which is cheat codes galore. Get the simoleons and build yourself and immediately move into the nicest house with the best stuff. <laughs> but I mean, you oh, everybody tried one time and you earn a hard life. You have to work out every day. You have to do your stuff to get a good job and stuff. Or you just put in the cheat codes and you immediately move to the house at the top of the hill. And then back in the day, oh God, confessions. This might not make the podcast. Confessions. Back in the day, The Sim was one of the first games where, I don't know when the first Sim game came out, but like this is before the age of internet porn. They had skins. Oh my God. And like you could get like the nudity filter, the nudity mod. That was one of the first mods I had. And it was just like, my parents were like, oh, what are you doing? I'm playing The Sims, Mom. And it's like, just cut away from any shower scenes or such. But as a little kid, that was one of my first experiences as well with like, oh, this is naughty, risky. In oh, a way. God. Uh, yeah. Okay. It was just a weird, like, <laughs> let's cut that out, baby. And it doesn't make the podcast. Oh, no, no. Once you speak it, Who had the nude sim mods? Once you speak it into the microphone, it is recorded. You better hope we get a recording error or something, yeah, because so otherwise, to, oh that's going in. Okay, so on your on your note, I was, to make you not feel as bad. Okay. Um, I remember. Do you remember Duke Nukem 3D? Yeah. Did you ever play it? I think so. I played a three. It's like a 3D, but you're the characters and on like you're looking behind him. It's a first person shooter. Okay, I have played. I played a couple Duke Nukem's that are first person, and the other one where like he's. The perspective is like a GTA perspective where he's... Oh, yeah, no. But, like, I remember this one. You could Was this the one where you could piss in the toilets, or is that all of them? I, it might be all of them. Anyway, anyway so yeah. Duke, Duke Nukem 3D was... In, in, it, like, it was my Sims, uh, because the uh, the first level had a strip club. Yep. And if you, if you went up to the strippers and, like, hit the interact button, they would, like, flash you. But they had tassels, so yeah, it wasn't had... like actual nudity. But like as a kid. But as a kid, that was like my parents were never going to find me playing this because like yeah, like but... that was one of the first. Because again, like that was before the internet was even yeah huge. exactly. Like these games, like I didn't know what modding was as a kid, and yet somehow as a kid I figured out that oh you could download this file, you had to put it here, and you did this, and then like that was one of my first attempts to mod a game. And I don't know why or how I figured that out. But again, this is like a kid figuring out like how to look at naughty pictures or sneaking at Playboy in like the 70s, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's that's probably not what you wanted to go into <laughs> with like talking that... about the Sims. Yeah, that was not where I was going with this. I was trying but thank to... thank you for not leaving me hanging and sharing <laughs> your own confessions. I, I was trying to more go into like what makes us want to destroy everything. Because like I played SimCity 2000. Mm-hmm. And I would build the city. I, I mean, I wasn't great at it. Like, mm-hmm. It wasn't ever my favorite genre by any means. But I would get into it, and I'd get to a point where I felt like it was as good as I was going to do. Like I would I mean, have like a, a general. No, yeah. I, I wouldn't preserve it. I would destroy it. 
Like, after it got to a point, I was like, all right, now it's time to bring in the aliens. Now it's time to send in the tornadoes. Would you destroy it? Oh, yeah. Would you see, can they survive? Oh, no. I made... you I, made sure. Oh, I they made got sure. like a meteor and the alien attack. And oh, they got everything. Like, at the this same was time. this was apocalypse. Yes, yeah. we're gonna. I we're mean, gonna... so as a kid, though, like you build tower, or maybe not you, but like for me, I would build towers out of books and like Legos and blocks, and then you topple it over. Yeah, and half the fun of it is after you've had your fun with it, you destroy you just it. Break it, and it's kind of it's transient fun. And like video games, yeah, there is this element of like. Oh, you can break barrels in games, and then if you discover, oh, barrels have items, you smash everything in games. And then future games, you learn, if you see things, you interact with things, and you try to break it. Maybe it's that sort of sense of, like, breaking everything, or this one is specific because you're creating... See, that's why, like, Sim 2000 and such, once I learned how to play these games, I didn't actually want to destroy, like, all the work and crap. If I actually created a city, I didn't want to destroy my city. Well, so I think part of it was whenever I played those games when I was a kid is I never played it with any sort of victory conditions. And now this could be my own memory. Uh-huh. I don't re- like I don't remember if there was just like a free for all mode that I always played mm-hmm. or like a sandbox what. mode. Yeah, exactly. Were, yeah. And like in terms of sandbox, like fucking who cares? Like yeah. I play it, I build up a city and I'm not building towards a goal. So once I'm had my fun. I'm going to destroy the city and then move on because yeah. next time I play this, I want to start from the beginning again. I don't want to keep going on the same city. That's boring. Mm-hmm. It's why so many of my civilization games never went anywhere because I'd get to a certain age, stop, and then be like, I don't want to do spend 20 years researching yeah. space stuff. For yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's just kind of when I play those, those games now, I don't really play them much, but it, uh, Tropico is uh-huh. one that I've played. And that one feels different to me because every time you're building the city from the ground up, you're like going towards a goal. Like you have Mm -hmm. a certain amount of months to complete it or you're trying to accomplish this. And those I enjoy more than sandboxes, actually. Right. And and that structure makes me not want to destroy the city. But any time I have a sandbox mode, I don't care at all. Yeah. Like, bring on the meteors. And... That's why, like, I'm more likely to play objective-based, those types of simulation games. And there comes a point, they, the more that I have to defend or protect myself, that actually makes me want to play it more. Like, I like the destruction aspect. I like that all. But it's even more challenging. Or These people need to survive somehow. I need to fend off the aliens. I need to build more, like, fire companies to protect myself from fires because I want them to do well. If you give me a sandbox, then I take the role of God. And if I'm the God, am I a benevolent God? I'm sorry, my true Apparently not. But neither were you, apparently. No, neither was I. Speaking of gods, have you, did you ever play the game Black and White? I was thinking of it. Yeah. Yes, I did. That one was a, that was one of the first like weirdly different games I remember playing as a kid and going, this is not like other games. This is weird to me. I have a creature that I have to grow so black and white was a game where you basically possessed, not possessed, but you you were a god over like a tribe of island people. You gained powers by them worshiping you. So more numbers of them and such. And the way you inspired their faith was you had like a, not a kaiju, but like a 60 foot or a 30 foot creature that was like your representation or your avatar. And it was like the initial ones were like, you could have a dog, a puppy, a panda, but like a wolf man or like an ape, different types of like animals. And you had the hooking point of the game was you had to teach it to do things for you. Like you could teach it, 
oh, if you bring the villagers, you rip up trees because it's 60 foot tall, like your villagers cutting down trees takes forever. But he could rip up trees and put them there for the villagers. And now they have a supply of wood. They're thankful. They pray to you more. Your faith is increased. But if you didn't teach him right and you lazily like showed him by using your cursor was like a hand or such, like a hand of God, you could rip up trees. And if you were sloppy about it and you flung your trees to the pile, then the, the animal avatar thing would go, oh, I can pick up trees and throw them too. And inevitably my avatar would like pick up a tree and like fling it and smash a house down. And then you had a choice. You could take your cursor and beat the shit out of your animal to punish him with negative reinforcement. Like, don't do that. If you did that enough in the game, that was the black and white aspect. It could become more darker or more goth or more evil. And that's how, like, the game measured how good and bad you were. Like, were you a good, benevolent, kind god with a kind animal that tried to learn how to do things and the animal could learn how to do rain spells to help the crops? Or were you an evil god who would send your avatar into the enemy's town and just have them destroy the whole place down? As a kid mind-blowing i loved it it's it's funny to me because i remember when that game came out everyone was talking about it and it was like the most like future game yeah everyone was like this is the future pinnacle of gaming this is morality like Like, raising a creature it was it was the game to play at that time and i haven't thought about that game in like 15 years it, it's it it's mark on history has not been as great as it felt like at that time because everyone was talking about that game yeah. when it came out see for me like back then didn't really read about gaming stuff i did at that time buy the guidebook so i knew all the creatures knew all the stuff knew all the spells and everything. i wasn't a big pc gamer but i got that game like i made sure my computer could play that at the time like it was if you weren't playing that at least in my circle like <laughs> you you weren't cool. Yeah, you weren't cool. Did you beat the game? Uh, no. I, mean, I only got like... It, I remember it as well. It, it got pretty hard actually pretty quickly. Like yeah. the fourth or fifth level, I couldn't get past. And inevitably, if I replayed it and stuff, because the game was so moralistic, as a kid, my temperament was like, I, I wanted to cut corners. I would throw the things to make it quicker. I didn't want to move my screen over and stuff. And the animals started copying me. And like doing that, and then I had a bad creature because he would learn to throw stuff or inevitably he would learn to like eat his own poop. And like, I was just like, what am I doing as like a god here where like this is my representation and stuff and the villagers are supposed to like worship me and stuff. And my big physical divine entity is sitting in a corner like eating his poop. And I'm like, this is just, (laughs) how do I train him not to? And so I pick up the poop and throw it into the ocean to get rid of it quicker and then the god the animal is like oh and then just starts picking up the poop and flinging it and then i'm like crap and then i beat the shit out of it and like then i'm like oh crap now he's all sad and emo and everything and now turned evil now he beats the shit out of other people because i beat him and i'm like i don't know what to do as a kid on how to raise this thing with a moral structure or code maybe now if i played it it might be different okay so i i just looked it up and this game came out in 2001 yeah. So we weren't kids when this. I wasn't even in high school at that time. Was I? No, I was. Yeah, I was in high school. Two thousand one. Like sixteen years old. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. So not exactly kids. I mean, I don't think I was an adult. Until Definitely my not 20s. an adult either. But no. not just like innocent kid, child sort of uh, thing. This was more. Oh man, I don't know. Like I wouldn't say I was. Would I? Would I say I was a competent, like mature person in high school? 
I, I don't think anyone's a competent mature yeah, person like, in high school. I mean, school. but this was just a glaring example of like raising an animal or raising like something with like a moral code. Sixteen-year-old Harvey Z failed, <laughs> failed brilliantly at that. Good thing you didn't have any pets, right? I never had any pets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had fish. They died, most of them. I had a Siamese fighting fish, and I kept it with all the other ones. Did not realize until much later, Siamese fighting fish do not like to be with other fish. Ah. There were many fish that learned that lesson. <laughs> Did Was there only one survivor? Was it a fish battle royale? It was. And my favorite <laughs> fish would always win. But there was a lot of bad. Like, yeah. my dad was like, my, my dad's solution was simply, we'll buy, we'll buy you more fish. Don't worry. Oh. Why do they keep disappearing? And I was like, I don't know. Well, they just keep, and then I actually like started watching it and my Siamese fighting fish would just chase the rest of them down until they died of exhaustion. And then I was like, oh, huh, let's get some more fish. Maybe it won't happen the next time. <laughs> oh, no, no. But that one fish doesn't seem to be, oh, it's hiding. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Again, not a good pet owner. So your, your solution towards saving your fish was trial and error. That was my dad's. Get more. Oh, okay. And then, I mean, I wasn't buying the fish, so it was like, yeah, my dad was, he didn't realize what was happening. We didn't realize until we observed it. And then I was like, well, maybe it was those fish that were bad. The uh, the cause and effect didn't really click yeah. yet, huh? He didn't like those. Well, you always have to try, try again, repeat the experiment with different fish, maybe. No. Apparently, you just, you're supposed to keep them alone in a small territory and such. Yeah, I've had a fish exactly once. And it lived exactly a week. I, my my fighting fish lasted a while. Now I I fish and me don't mix. Okay. I uh, that I was gifted a betta fish in college, and I, I feel bad for saying this. Whatever happened to that guy? Uh, he died very quickly because I decided. <laughs> I don't remember him that well. Yeah, I I was gifted to him, and uh, it was gifted to me, and I decided. That this, this is like, college now. To yeah, this is college. I decided the best place to leave the fish bowl with my new fish friend in it the was window. right by the window, and the window was open. There weren't any blinds, he, and he I flew think away. I, That's what happened. Yeah, he totally flew he away. To he sprouted heaven. sprouted wings and just took off. Uh, he was a leaf on the wind. Watch yeah. how he soared. He was named Wash, by the way. That was I named <laughs> I named the fish Wash. And, and then uh -huh. it died a week later. What would you expect with a name like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So that that's another that's tragic story. story yeah, another like, tragic this story. is becoming a weird confessions <laughs> episode of like sex and morality and oh god, sex and fish. Yeah, sex and fish. <laughs> sex and fish. Is that a band name for something? Saxon fish. That sounds weirdly metal. I'd listen to that. Saxon fish. Saxon fish. Sounds like Vikingish. Saxons weren't Vikings, though, were they? Were they like the British area? Like, the, like Anglo-Saxon is a thing. Yeah, but so I'm assuming Saxons were like the prior to Anglo-Saxons. They were like not barbarians, but you know the the indigenous people of Britain, the more primitive slash Vikingish people, the British Vikings. Are there such a thing as British Vikings? <laughs> and like the Anglo's came in and Saxons like merged with them, and then they you had Brits. The the who came in? The Anglo's. <laughs> Like, whatever the Anglos are, they, there's Anglo-Saxons, so if they're Saxons, there must be Anglos. <laughs> I don't think it's Anglicans, because how did the Anglicans beat the Saxons? 
So, if you case, in case you didn't notice, I'm we not, are a history. not a history podcast. This no. is <laughs> do not come to us for any sort of <laughs> please don't correct knowledge. me on the Anglo stuff. Although I would like to know, like, if you do know if the Saxons were like British Vikings, and I am correct on that, feel free to let me know I'm right. If I'm wrong, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you've you played the Arkham games, right? Or the you, board games? Arkham Horrors? Well, I guess we can go into that. That wasn't where I was going with it. I was going to talk oh. about the Batman games. Oh. Um, but that was another possible subject that I was going to go over. Would you rather talk about Batman or board games? This is tough. I like both topics, actually, quite a bit. Um, I like Batman more from the comic book view. Arkham series, I've only played the first one. And you didn't even finish it, did you? No. Again, we got over this. I met, like, Zaz. And that's which, which fairly is early in the game. Fairly early in the game. And, like, I have, though, the other two in the series that were gifted to me. And like, then You have to play actual games at some point, okay? I will. I, I, I don't again, even corporate, I, like, yes. At some point, I will unleash myself from the yoke that is corporate life. Okay. I, Once I get rich quick. Okay. Once you get rich quick. Then I'll have time for games. Well, I was... Okay, why don't we talk about board games then? Because you don't you don't really have any sort of like, is it specific to the video? Like, games? I wanted to talk about the Arkham games, but talking about the first I don't want third spoilers. at yeah. most of the Arkham game is not going to be interesting. Yes, because um, I do like the series. I actually do own and want to play them. But yes, spoilers. Okay, so all right. this is like how I didn't want to be spoiled for the Sixth Sense. And I went for the longest time without being spoiled for the Sixth Sense until, like, it came up in the middle of, like, Latin class. And, like, the professor was, like, she just spoiled it for me. And it was just one of the first big instances where I was, like, wait, like, I've actually been deliberately avoiding spoilers. Again, Latin class, late high school. Like, this movie had come out for, like, three, four, maybe plus years. That's your own fault at that point. I mean, at some point I was going to watch it, but I didn't have... Like, again, I had, like, limited access to a car, limited access to the movie rental stores, like Blockbuster and stuff. If it was that important to you, you would have found a way. It wasn't really that important. I mean, at some point I wanted to see it because everybody talked about the spoilers. And then eventually my Latin teacher was like, oh, yeah, and this. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't I, I couldn't just be like, no spoilers in the middle of Latin class, because who would reference that? How would you, how would you say that in, 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 in Latin? Latin? No spoilerous? No spoilerum? Non, I don't no, know. Non-spoilerum. Ah, caveat. <laughs> Beware. Yeah, spoilers. I mean, no spoilers now. <laughs> See, I didn't even spoil it for you guys, so you're welcome. Don't. <laughs> that would that would pissed me off so much. Like, even to this day, like fuck that spoiler. Real okay. First of all, Sixth Sense came out in what 1999. I want to say. So this was end of Latin. So this was probably after. This was probably when I was like eighteen. We're we're coming up on so like mid two thousands, early two thousands. Yeah, we're coming up at least a decade and a half that this movie has been out. At what point did the spoilers are okay? Because like this is Arkham Arkham Asylum came out in what two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Like if I really care about it, I will try to avoid spoilers. Like I will try deliberately. Like, I've started to enjoy movies much more by not watching trailers, going in blind. Sometimes that's tricky because if I don't know anything about a movie... You don't know if you want to go see it. Yes, but that's the risk I take. I want to be spoiler-free. 
okay, but like at a certain point in time, like, are you going to be mad if I tell you about Rosebud? It's not when I know, thanks to the peanuts actually spoiled that for me. But like, but like, seriously, like, like it's, yeah, it, I get it. That at some point, some things have to be ubiquitous to the culture. They're so like, everybody knows it, but there are some things that I do want to avoid. Like keep... who, like Luke's father? Like, is that a, is that a big deal? So, like, to me, I know it, but, like, to somebody else out there, like, if you went up to a six-year-old and you spoiled Star Wars, I'd be like, hey. Or, like, Harry Potter at, like, a nine-year-old who might not have been all the way through the whole series. No, that's kind of a dick move, dude. All right. Well, if you're 10 years old or younger and listening to this podcast, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast and Snape kills Dumbledore. No. No. <laughs> Ignore that, children. Ignore that. This 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 podcast Harvey has... Harvey for the children... Books are wonderful. You should totally read it. And dude, you shouldn't spoil that sort of a thing for a little kid. That's like a big deal. This ra- this podcast has an explicit rating on it. Does Just, it? Yes, because oh, we shit. curse and shit on it. So I put an explicit rating on it so kids shouldn't be listening to this. So if you are listening to this, Rosebud is a sled and he's dead at the end of Sixth Sense. I was cold. I was cold, T-Man. I Listen, I... I because it also was a big enough spoiler at that time that I was like, wait, what? And it blew my mind, but I hadn't seen now like the movie. So I was just like, that's the spoiler. And and then I was also at the point where I was like, I don't now really want to watch the whole movie to like discover that part. And like, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, I've saved people a bunch of time if I've spoiled that movie because the movie isn't that good. It's only the twist that yeah. actually mattered. Was it an M. Night Shyamalama? Yeah, it was an M. Night Shyamalama. Uh, movie yeah i'm not actually a fan of him that much because after a while his movie started to get like too twisty mm-hmm. where it was just like the fun was let me guess the twist before it happens and then we go in and i think i've now done it with two of them the elevator movie i got the twist from you and the um we ended up watching the one where it was a, the yellow werewolf one in the middle of the woods guess that one as well before the movie yeah so for me it's actually gotten to the point where i don't watch horror movies anymore at all like i just go to wikipedia after a couple after they've been out for a couple days and see what the twist is like i just yep i i I mean because every movies that wait advertise that have a twist or like horror movies specifically horror movies because there's always some sort of the after saw they're basically out a lot of horror movies had to do that, like final jump scare, yeah, like, the twist final... at the end, and something's going on. And and I don't want to watch an entire. I I don't. Hmm. I'm this not is... a big horror movie person to begin with. Okay. I like my slasher films. I like my screams, where it's uh-huh. like a mystery, like and the count. It's counting down, like who's the killer, yeah. and it, it turns out to be like you know so and so or whatnot. I like those mo- types of horror movies. I don't like paranormal activity. I don't like whatever it, it follows um, or, you know, okay. things like that where it's clear from the beginning to the end of the like it's designed in a way that there's going to be something at the end that twists. See, things. My perception is if it's a horror movie, usually there's a final jump scare slash a la like Michael Jackson thriller looks at the camera, yellow eyes kind of thing like, oh, the killer is still alive or oh, the last girl or the last guy might get attacked at the end. But that's not a that's spoiler different. twist. Yeah, that's that's different. But, the- like, I'm trying to think of horror movies that have, like, a twist ending 
outside of like yeah you said like scream and stuff like that but those were designed to be like no, but the thing, the thing yeah. is no scream doesn't have any twist endings like the murderer is revealed mm-hmm. and it's like a reveal but it's not a twist and in like the last two or three minutes of the movie it's the reveal that's of who the murderer the is yeah. and that's like this that's what the slasher genre generally is yeah. aside from you know, and when like i think Michael of Myers horror, though, or... to, like most of my referencing of horror movies is like 80s and 90s movies mm-hmm. is my genre of horror like friday the 13th but they didn't have a surprise spoiler kind of jason's hand pops through the ground or something and that happens yeah but like i wouldn't like because as a kid i would also look up and read movies but they would r-rated movies that i could not see I would just go and read about them kind of things in that way. But I never did it because I was deliberately pissed off or expecting. Like when I go into a horror movie, though, my mentality is different from other movies. Horror movies, I have to deliberately try to suspend my disbelief ahead of time and just try to take it on a roller coaster. But with most horror movies, I end up criticizing it and I watch it for the tropes. Like I watch it going, eh, okay, this is going to happen. Or, oh, they killed the black guy first. Oh, great. It's, it becomes a, what are you doing? How are you going to be different? How are you separating yourself from the pack? Cabin in the Woods, first big one that kind of was like, holy crap, this is not like what all other horror movies before it have been. I love Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods is great. And that was, and like, Shaun of the Dead, zombie movie is my expectation. Wait, this isn't a zombie movie at all. This is a romantic comedy. With zombies. With And that was a twist, but it was early enough that... So you're, here, let me... Like, I'm trying to think of examples of like, so, M. Night Shyamalan, there's a twist. So I don't like his movies. I said specifically Saw because... Saw 2. If you let me I talk for a second, the... yeah. if you let me talk for a second, I can explain this. Okay. So I've seen all the Saw movies except for the most recent one, Jigsaw, but I did look it up on Wikipedia to see what the twist was because that's what I do. The first Saw movie is what started, started oh, it kind of with M. Night Shyamalan, but... So the end of the movie is just one twist after another. Yeah. And at the end, it's revealed that like, okay, spoilers, spoilers for this Saw. Is a big, yeah. I mean, uh, it is old, but yeah. The end of the movie, there's like, during this entire movie, two people are trapped in a room and the saw comes from like, they're expected to saw their own foot off to get out of these chains because mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And in the middle of the room, there's a supposedly dead body. And it turns out at the end of the movie that the mastermind behind the whole setup was actually pretending to be dead, the dead body, and lying there the whole time observing or whatever. I remember seeing it and going, great twist. Did not expect that. Wow. And so that's the twist at the end. And so when then more Saw movies came and each one had like an even more grandiose twist ending like, because they had to do, like, the montage to reveal, like, yeah. Saw 5 was the worst. Is that be- the cop one? No, that was Saw 4. Okay. Saw 5 is the worst because the the twist and final montage is just them summarizing the entire movie. Like, there isn't an actual twist. They just retell you the movie, the plot of the movie from start to finish and act like, whoa, this is shocking. You should have seen this coming. But it's, like, literally just the movie. Like, at, at some point, the movies blur together, and it just becomes... Like, that's why, for me, Saw it's Saw 1 and Saw 2. Saw 2 was not like the rest of them, though. Saw 2 was like the group of them in the house. And there was a twist, though. Thing, yeah, at the end, but there I was a twist. It, but yeah, yeah, all of them seemed to, like, here, wait for the next movie, for the next part of the story, or such. It's like, like Saw... Cliffhangers. Okay, more, more spoilers yeah. for the Saw series. Saw 4's big twist at the end is 
oh, it's happening at the same time as Saw 3. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Saw 3 has a big twist that, oh, you're killing so-and-so has actually sealed your fate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. That happens to, like, three people in a row. Like, his his whole, the whole plot is, like, don't kill this person, and then everyone chooses to kill the person they're not supposed to kill, and then it has bad consequences and yeah. whatever. Saw Which 5 was, was a bad twist. Saw 6 was a... Cancer like, or something? There was one where it's, there's, like, an autopsy. The guy is, like... There was this weird side plot through the whole movies of like the the villain is like dying of cancer or had some medical issues. Right. He he. So Jigsaw, the mastermind Jigsaw, dies at the end of Saw three, and so Not like early. Saw four through seven plus the one that just came out, Jigsaw is dead, but somehow he keeps showing up in every yeah. movie. It get, it gets pretty ridiculous. But the point is is horror movies because of Saw's popularity started adopting this. They need to have a twist at the end of the movie or like uh-huh. horror movies stopped giving satisfying endings like they always had to have the spooky ending or like the <gasps> ending they could they couldn't just have like the final girl defeat jason and then walk off into the sunset yeah like that's... that that stopped happening it, it had to have that last second jump scare or you know, they killed the wrong person and the killer's still out there or, yeah. you know, the demon was actually in the other guy the whole time. I almost as like growing up with horror movies was like that extra one always was just like non-canon for me unless there was a next sequel or such. But I was like, it's always the throwaway gag. So I almost got to where the movie ends where it's a satisfying ending. And then I'm like, this is just like after credit stuff. What's the after credit stuff as a looking forward to a laugh because it's scary. Like it's a jump scare usually for me. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be a jump scare, but I'm like, what's it going to be to reduce my anxiety and stress would be a, Oh, and I'm looking for it then, which is why like for most horror movies, when I watch them, I'm already trying to predict what's going to happen in order to reduce my anxiety or my fear of it. So I just ignore the, the things like that. But those are specifically jump scare kind of things. Not because it's the saw ones. It's like a continuity thing where there's a next film. And I'm like, it feels promotional almost of a, oh, okay. The M. Night Shyamalans are like, oh, what you've just been watching. Aha, this is the big, and I'm like, then what was the point of what I've just been watching? Or this was really dumb. Or like, yeah, we got that because we know there's a twist, so the twist is too obvious. Those types of things do annoy me, but I, like my, I guess my, my brain tries to ignore them in a way or assume that it's like, a, unless they're so glaring of a twist that it ruins the movie. It's just a, oh, you're going to give me an extra bang for my buck. What's the last scare kind of thing? Um, I'm trying to think of what's the... How did you feel about the Final Destination series? So I like the Final Destination series, but they suffer from the same thing. That's where it came. Like, as a kid, like, I started to recognize this trope was from watching those movies to where it became kind of almost hilariously dumb. Like, the last person survives... Ah, no, death wins in the end. And like some weird trip trap thing will like, I believe there's one like an exploding barbecue kills the person at the very end. Yeah, I think it, the, the like rules they get really yeah. weird, but I like the, the concept of the Final Destination movies, but it became very clear after the first couple, I think there's five total, mm-hmm. um, that the ending stinger would always be, oh, these guys die anyway. And so it just felt like, pointless to watch the movies after a certain point because you're rooting for like 
I get that part of horror movies is like, haha, we're watching people die. It's fun and adrenaline rushing and like, aha, we're going to count up the kills. And uh, oh, that jock is definitely an asshole, which means he's going to get stabbed at some point. You know, it's there's that mentality as part of it. But part of it is also who's going to survive. Who's going to figure it out? Mm-hmm. Who's going to beat, you know, be victorious over yeah. this what entity or whatever is doing the horror? And watching the Final Destination movies became kind of an exercise in futility because it did it didn't matter. All the characters were going to die by the end. And so what was the point of watching the movie? So after the second one my friend and I would rent these movies and watch them um, like after school because this was probably, yeah, high school era. Like what ended up happening because of that movie, you root for death. It becomes a movie then where you watch these characters and it be- feels like a video game setting. Again, a, you are the controller. These are your Sims. How are you going to kill them all? And you're trying to solve, oh, how's death going to get this sucker? How's he going to get this? Oh, the last one survives. Death's got a plan. We always have the last callback and we're going to get some way to get. So it ended up being a weird. That's why, again, the Saw or not Saw, but the um, Final Destination movies were very influential for me as a kid in a I used to be afraid of horror movies until Saw or until Final Destination. And then it became more of a, oh, the villain could be something you can root for in the movies. And then it kind of flipped my perspective of like 80s horrors. And I started to really like horror as like morality tales. And then I started to view horror as like, what is the director or the writer of the script trying to portray here? And that's when I started to get into analyzing movies was actually through horror movies where I like horror because it's a way to like show what is a culture's values or society's values at that time, or at least the author's viewpoint or the director's one. And so horror is this weird, interesting niche little category of movies that I don't watch a lot of it, but I like seeing the interesting ones to see, do they have a point? Movies that don't have a point, they do kind of bore me after a while and stuff. Or like M. Night Shyamalan, I know he has a point, but they're usually so like dramatically hard hitting or like some sort of a thing that I just don't care about him anymore. The trees, they're alive. Yeah. Oh, the, the villain is us. It was humans all along. Yeah, Soylent Green is people. Soylent Green is people. Spoilers. Yeah. Like one of my favorite horror movies, It, the original John Carpenter one. I assume you've seen it. No. Really? It is a very T-Man movie. Like 100%. Okay. Not It. it no, wait. It is called It. No. Not the Stephen King one. Not the evil clown one. The Arctic base one. That's called The Thing. It is called... Oh, crap. <laughs> Oh crap! There goes my horror cred. The thing. Okay, it was a, it was an indirect object. Or, uh, yeah, Damn it! Have you seen the thing? Yes, I have seen the thing. I was like, Both that is them. a very you movie. No, I like the thing. The thing, thing is, is a good great. movie. Like that's one where I would be like, no spoilers. People should watch that. It is a even though it's like thirty years or whatever. No, oh, yes, thing is very good. Uh, the sequel was. Or prequel or whatever. Oh, the mo- there was a remake. Not a remake, but... Yeah, it, I guess. No, it wasn't a remake. It was a completely different story. Oh. Uh, it was technically a prequel to the original Thing. Okay. Um, also called The Thing. But not like Thing Zero. Not Thing Zero. Just The Thing. And then there's also The Thing. Yeah. And... The Thing 2.0. Not even that. Yeah. Just straight up The Thing again. Not even The Thing again. Just... Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we, we get it. I'm going around thing. in circles at this point um yeah i like those movies 
like I as a kid liked reading horror as a genre. Like that's why like that's for me. I couldn't watch R-rated movies with my parents, but I could rent books all the time from the library. I would I was a huge Stephen King fan. So that was my genre of horror. But before that, Goosebumps, uh there was like Fear Street, which was R.L. Stein as well, but like the adult R.L. Stein and by adult, I guess for like teenagers. Did you read those things? I mean, so I read Goosebumps and I'm actually starting to think now and like I think that was also part of when when I started getting tired of twists for the sake Goosebumps of twists. Goosebumps all had twists at the they end. They always had a twist at the end to the point that I was almost like expecting. not really yeah, I was expecting the twist and it was more I read the book just to see what the end was because it's usually also RL Stein ones at least or the Goosebumps ones were weird the twists. Yeah, they were mostly Fear Street dumb. was actually really good. But because they read like horror novels, like there was ones where like killer cheerleader, not like cheerleaders being killed off. It was slasher books and, or slasher movies in like book form, but written for like a 13 year old audience or like a 14. I don't know. Actually, they were pretty violent and gory, the Fear Street ones. Then there was a Streets or Kids of Fear Street one, which was sort of an intermediary. But the original Fear Streets, I loved them because they were bloody, they were gory and they were like slasher films. But in book form, because I couldn't watch them as an adult, or I couldn't go to the R movies and stuff, but they had, like, the class... That's where I got my horror tropes from, basically. Fear Street. I don't, I don't think I ever read any Fear Street ones. Oh. I, I only read the Goosebumps. Yeah, Goosebumps is nothing compared to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but Goosebumps it's the audience's... were kids' horror. Like, yeah. they, they were funny and kind of absurd and not very gory or violent. and Like, you know. Fear Street was... From Fear Street, I then moved on to Stephen King. Like, I was like, there's nothing, like, there's no other intermediate step. It was Cujo was the first, I think, King book I read. Yeah. And that was when I was eight years old. You read Stephen King when you were eight? Yeah, I got into horror. So my parents... That explains a lot, actually. Like, that was, eight years old is when I started to read Stephen King. And I love Stephen King, but yeah. Like, I think he put a lot of, like, weird cultural... and Like, that was a part of my childhood slash growing up. So to kind of, okay, I, I don't want to cut you off on the mm -hmm. Stephen King thing, but to kind of cycle it around to games a little bit. Yeah. Have you played any horror games? Okay, I need examples. The only one I can think of, I know there's a Jason, like, killing like, one. Like the early Resident Evils. No, they were too scary uh, for me. Dead Space. No, like, uh, I. so those were things where I would read through playthroughs of them. Amnesia, did you play either of those? Again, anything that was a first-person not a, a first-person perspective and was like with monsters or scariness or you didn't have weapons to fight back, too scary for me as a kid. Like horrifyingly so I still don't like first-person. Anything where an enemy I don't have a map to tell when an enemy is behind me, hate those types of games. Really? Just hate them on a principle right now. It is not huh. pleasant. I really want to play like the Aliens versus Predator. There's these alien games that I've heard really good things about. There's, Terrifying to me though, yeah. as a person. There's an alien isolation, I think. <sighs> yeah, it's like you're you don't even have a weapon, but the no. alien stalks you. Yes. I have it, I haven't played it, but like so you're like I would watch people play it, but, but that would be equivalent to watching a horror movie. I would be so terrified. Really? And, like, as a game, then, you get a potential of, like, reading a book, it's words on a page. A movie, it's, you're watching. But a game, you get invested because it's your actions you're controlling. Terrifying to me. <laughs> oh, my God. I would never, like, I wish I, I could watch them. I could watch other people playing. And this is where, like, early Twitch or such, like, one of the first streamers I watched was Day9. But I watched him play horror games because he would freak out just as I would be freaking out. But he would, like, scream, ah, and stuff every time he fucked up and, like, something jumped out and killed him. Right. There's no way I could play those games, though. Really? 
but I want to watch people play it, and they're interesting to me. So, you, so it's like you like the horror aspect of them, but you can't make yourself it, it watch it. It makes it actually scary because I can't just be like tropes or like criticizing from the back when I'm participating. You're, you're interacting. Yeah. yeah. Like the idea of VR games, if they ever made a VR alien isolation. Oh, there's Re- Resident Evil 7 you can play in VR. Yeah. It's a first-person game that's a horror, and you can play yeah. it in VR. No, the, like, oh my god, like, my heart rises and, like, beats faster at these types All of right. games. If you're listening to this, if we have a Patreon at this point, if you guys <laughs> tip us enough, I will get no. a VR headset and buy Resident Evil 7 and, like, film Harvey Z playing it. Just for like ten minutes, see how long he lasts. Kind of like a uh, see how long he lasts, kind of, like uh, like a rodeo bull type thing. Um, can he can he last eight seconds? I don't like those types of games. <laughs> like I, yeah, like they actually. It's not just a oh they don't interest me or something. They are just simply too scary. Like any of those because in the like they weren't even graphics were that great for the early Resident Evils, but like only at this point in an arcade. If there's a buddy playing with me, I can play those, like, what is it, the house on the hill, or you, where it has the guns and you shoot the zombies and stuff. It feels like a Resident Evil, but it's not. It's the house on the hill, or house of the dead. House of the dead, yeah. I enjoyed watching it as a kid. Still terrifying. As an adult now, I can walk into an arcade and be like, yeah, I'll play it if there's a buddy with me kind of thing. I don't like playing those games one player, but it is still scary. Time huh. Cop, I'm fine. Jurassic Park, I'm fine. Those light gun games, yeah. But when there's, like, that horror aspect... It just, it's one of those things that gets me. Huh. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never really been super into uh, horror-type games. I don't really like... I, I also am not really big into horror. I like subversive horror or things where it kind of plays on the genre. So, like, mm-hmm. Scream, Cabin in the Woods, Final Destination. Those are more appealing to me, but, like, that's why I, I like... The study of horror, if mm-hmm. that make, like that was the first gateway into analyzing films. I don't like analyzing other films. But. So like I haven't played, I don't really play very many pure horror games. I played a couple of the Silent Hills, the Resident Evils I've played. I never played the originals. I've played four, five, and six, which are the more action oriented ones. Yeah. And they kind of stay away from horror. Same for Dead Space. I played Dead Space and Dead Space 2. And while it had horror elements, it was also kind of more action oriented bioshock is that horror bioshock isn't really horror again it's just a first person and there's jump scares for yeah yeah, yeah. what about um you played a game like till dawn or something until dawn now that one i might be able to play that because it feels like a narrative and a story but it's just clicking stuff yeah that's not as and it feels impersonal i am not the character unless there's sequences where you have to actually move them around i mean you you do have to move them around and stuff but it's not first person and you jump between different characters and kind of have conversations and make choices and stuff. it feels impersonal yeah like that is my like games i want to be immersed i want to have that escapism i'm in the game somehow not for a horror game yeah because you're gonna get scared I get scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting Halloween topic and stuff. Yeah. Oh, true. So we didn't talk about Arkham or board games. Or board games. Instead, we talked about, about books. <laughs> books and horror f- films and things like I that. I will shoot it back to you. Have you played a game that was too scary to play? Y- yes. Um. So I don't know if this makes me a wimp or not. Uh. I don't. I don't know. The original Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. I, I okay made to it. watch people. Yeah, I okay to watch people. 
I made it to, I think, night four before I legit had to turn it off because it was giving me a panic attack. Uh-huh. Like it was it was some I it doesn't get to me the same way that like you like I can play a first person horror game. Uh-huh. Uh I can deal with jump scares. I've tried amnesia. I don't I don't think I got that. That game though really because in, so I've played it as well. Like I've made a night one and the first scare I was like, Nope, I'm done, never gonna happen again. But you had to like click like it was it felt more real. It wasn't you controlled a character even. You had to like, do I want to watch this monitor? Do I want to not watch this? And you're watching things scurry about and you're hearing noises and stuff. Oh my God, yeah. I don't like that. It felt even more, that was like a VR game. Yeah, part of it was the fact that I think for me is there was kind of a forced helplessness because uh-huh. you're stuck. You don't move the character. Like you're just in a room and the things are coming to you. Yeah. And you have to like watch cameras and figure out when they're coming and have like a quick enough reaction to close or the door. Or, or... It's not you beat them. It's just you survive. Yeah, you just survive. And that kind of helplessness and being stuck and trapped was just tapping into all the actual fears I have. Yeah. And I, by the time it got to the point where like I was actually seriously stressed out because they were moving so fast and my my reaction time is not great. Like I have decent reaction time for a gamer, but I'm nowhere near like pro levels yeah. or, you know, 12 year old levels who are kind of still have all their faculties, fa- facilities. Uh, I've actually heard it both ways. Yeah, whatever. Mental um, faculties. Yeah. So. There. Anyway, so stressing out my reaction time and like not like yeah. ha- having to do everything perfectly or like i get a jump scare that like, i was just getting so and it's a it's a pretty terrifying jump scare yeah and like, things scream like uh, sound is a big part as well screaming into my ears and stuff right and i of course played it in the dark because if you're gonna go all out rvz doesn't fuck around he'll go all out yeah i played it in the dark nope good <laughs> yeah do you remember the slender man game no I don't know if it was a like it's I don't one think of those it was, like, it, was it ever an actual game? It wasn't was it? like because it, if I played it, it was something that was probably like a mod kind of thing or like it was online as like one of those flash games or such. Although it was a full like, but I don't remember much about it other than like it again had jump scares and like the Slender Man. You were running around and you had a flashlight and you had to try to solve a mystery, which was what is going on and such. And surprise spoilers, it's the Slender Man that's coming to kill you and such. But it's there's that one. There's another weird one that I just can't remember. I don't know if you know the SG files or something like that it's called. So it's like a wiki page. Oh, yeah. Where it's like different I've... unique objects and stuff. But somebody built a video game around one of the objects. Oh, yeah. This is such a weird thing to describe on a podcast because it's really hard. But it's, Jeez, what's the name of it? it? Yeah, it's SGR or something like that it's, because it stands for like... It stands for something. What does it stand for? It's like the government organization, though. And then everything else is an SG whatever and a number. It, it's so it's a really good website for like short stories and like people just it has like content. weird like kind of lovecraftian horror type and some stuff. things were just really silly like yeah, oh this is a magical were, cheeseburger that talks to people i think i think what got me into it was there was a link to someone's favorite and it was about this basketball it was a tape of a basketball game and every time they played the basketball game like it, it, the people inside the film became sentient and every time like it would loop around and they would realize they were trapped in the stadium and so like every time they played it like weird stuff started happening like yeah. there was 
there started to be like groups or like there'd be like mass suicides uh-huh. and then, then they would start over again because they rewound the tape. And the way the website is written, it's supposed to be in like government documentation or something. Right. It'll be like, we've assigned Bob to watch this tape over and over. Exactly. Bob will report in. Bob gets mental health evaluations every week. And it's like in a clinical set. It was just a really cool like example of created content by like the internet. Yeah, I love that site. Oh, SGR or some secret government research or that is yeah, a really yeah. how, how do you even find that or cuz I yeah, I'd like to promote that. That but I'm I'm trying I'm I'm looking it up right now. The but the reason it ties into gaming is so one of those objects was like this weird statue that's like an SCP. SCP. The uh the website is www.scp-wiki.net. Uh, I I found this like a I think about a year ago. One of my favorites mm-hmm. is a really long story uh, that was like updated over the course of several years, and eventually <laughs> it now has a conclusion. Uh-oh. But at the time, like it was like it was a site. So there was uh-huh. there, in in this SCP website or whatever. There's there's items. There's people Locations, there's or like people. there's monsters. There's locations. So there's all sorts of different classifications. This was a location that was just kind of like people going into hell, Uh sort of. It's like a warehouse and they go deeper in and then shit gets weird and they can't find their way out. And like they lose contact with them. Uh And so eventually there was a... So you would get like a story of this one team that went in and then they lost contact. Because different authors could add to stories and stuff. Exactly. And so it was really long. I don't remember the exact one it was. Because they're they're all classified by numbers. Mm -hmm. So it's like SCP. Like the first one is dash 0001. And then as you add a new one, there's more. Like if you go to that website, they have like a greatest hits kind of area. Totally worth reading. Like all of those stories are just not awesome. not all like the greatest are, hits ones are yeah usually. the greatest hit ones are real good um like it depends it also depends on what you like because That's some true. lean more lovecraftian and are weird some are just kind of funny horror where like yeah. the basketball video one is like it's not horror but it's also kind of like some of them you just read and you're just like unsettling I just feel unsettled like creepypasta style yeah it's, it's a lot of creepypasta style stuff and the this way that the site is presented as kind of like an official, official government yeah. foundation is kind of cool. And like, it's really well done when some authors are just really good at writing in like that government bureaucratic style. And it's yeah. like horrific things are happening, but like they're writing it in such a formal way, like subject today, puked out insides, was blood, will test and such. Subject today, continuing monitoring and such. And you're just like, what is going on to this guy and this story that's being told? But because it's kind of so clinical, it's really interesting. the The game though was based on one where I think they used a Half Life mod, like from the Half Life games. Uh huh. I think I'm right. Right. Half Life is a thing. Yes, Half Life is a thing. Half Life is a thing. It was, a, and it's the the SCP. I guess it is. Was it's a statue that every time you turn away from it, it comes closer to you. And so the whole point of the game is like. You go into this warehouse, it explodes where they're containing the SCP, and then the statue is there. The rest of the game, you have to figure out how to escape from it. But if you turn around away from it, at some point, if you turn back around, it'll be right behind you. And if it ever gets up right next to you, it'll kill you. And so you have to spend the game constantly watching your back or putting yourself against walls. And it is terrifying. That's how I, like, I saw the game first as, like, a mod thing or a video. And then from there, I got into, like, the SCP website and was like, whoa, this is really cool. Okay, so I wanted to. I while you were talking, yeah, 
I looked up a few things. There is a game called that was released at the end of 2017 called SCP Secret Laboratory, and it's a multiplayer horror game oh. where uh, you're in the SCP Foundation, and there's a containment breach, and and different anomalies from the stories have escaped, and oh, you're trying to escape. Is it an actual game game or a mod kind of thing? It's in. Uh, I'm not like, sure is if it, it, is there a it's, a, it's free to play, so it's probably a mod of something. Uh-huh. Then there's another game that was released. Uh, I got into in this like four or five years ago. In yeah. 2012, called SCP Containment Breach. Yes. Uh, that might be the one you were talking about. I think so. Yeah, SCP Containment Breach. The player takes the role of D9341, a Class D test subject who is forced to work, uh, forced along with two other test subjects to form tests on an SCP known as SCP-173, a concrete statue that can move at high speeds when not in the direct line of sight of a person. Mm-hmm. So that's that game. Yep. So there, there, there's two horror games that you can look into uh, that are usually... I think SCP is just basically free source. Anyone mm-hmm. can update it. So I think all the games are free. There isn't like an official... You like know, it's really cool user content. Yeah. User created content. Yeah. And it's pretty expansive too. Like I spent months reading through that archive, I think. Okay. Well, I think that's uh, that'll wrap it up then. We're yeah, uh, This was a spooktacular and spoilerish episode. Yeah. A spooky spoiler episode. With confessions from the beginning on like morality and sexual uh, yeah it got that, weird it yeah, was an interesting episode yeah, of the, maybe that's how we should end is like recapping our thoughts on the episode like a reflection of like sure what did we, we just do I'm oh not, god <laughs> i don't think we should have reflections at the end of every episode harvey z's deep thoughts yeah deep thoughts with harvey z and go today is the youngest you'll ever be and the oldest you have been you're welcome, folks. So I'm T Man. You can find me on Twitter. <laughs> I got weird. I mean, hey, deep thoughts. You can find me at T Man Plays Games on Twitter. Uh, you can find my website, tmanwrites.com. Uh, the podcast Twitter is at Make Me a Podcast. Our podcast email is Make Me a Gamer Podcast at Gmail. If you have questions, comments, concerns, no complaints. Uh, where the, can they find you, Harvey Z, and your deep thoughts? On Twitter, at the Z is silent. Okay. And you should know by now how that's spelled. If you don't, uh, Email one of good the other luck. ones and we'll figure it out. Yeah, well, you'll find us eventually. Uh, so thanks for listening to this random episode, free-form kind of discussion about not a lot of games, but just general life. life. And Spooky, what is life but a game? Or mm, deeper thoughts. We're going too deep. We've got to pull up. Pull up. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Later.